Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of season two of the Toward Light podcast. The title of this podcast is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. And today I want to talk about an aspect of the modern world that maybe 2,500 years ago the Buddha could not imagine. And that is the amount of access we have to information, the amount of connectivity we have internationally, globally. I want to talk about this in terms of spiritual practice. A hundred years ago, when you were born into a family, whatever religion that family practiced, was the religion that you practiced. Your neighbors probably practiced the same religion. And if there were people in your vicinity who practiced a different religion, you may not have had really any access to that. So you might know that, okay, I'm Christian and that neighbor is Jewish, but you weren't attending temple, you weren't learning about another religion. Now we live in a time where even though I was born into a family that were practicing Episcopalians, I have been able to explore different spiritual paths and find the specific strain of Buddhism that feels really right and good to me. That is such a benefit of this era that we're in, is the amount of access we have to all of these different things. And it can be a hindrance. We can spend years dabbling or flitting from one thing to another rather than finding a tradition, finding a way to freedom that really speaks to us, that allows us to practice consistently. In his book, The Noble Eightfold Path, Bhikkhu Bodhi talks about spiritual eclecticism. And I'm going to read some selections from this first chapter. He says, once we come to recognize the need for a spiritual path, we discover that spiritual teachings are by no means homogenous and mutually compatible. Confronted with this melange of teachings, we fall into confusion trying to size them up to decide which is truly liberative, a real solution to our needs, and which is a sidetrack beset with hidden flaws. There are two interrelated flaws in eclecticism that account for its ultimate inadequacy. One is that eclecticism compromises the very traditions it draws upon. A spiritual tradition is not a shallow stream in which one can wet one's feet and then beat a quick retreat to the shore. It is a mighty, tumultuous river which would rush through the entire landscape of one's life. And if one truly wishes to travel on it, One must be courageous enough to launch one's boat and head out for the depths. Once we decide that we have outgrown eclecticism and feel that we are ready to make a serious commitment to one particular path, we find ourselves confronted with the challenge of choosing a path that will lead us to true enlightenment and liberation. One cue to resolving this dilemma is to clarify to ourselves our fundamental aim to determine what we seek in a genuinely liberative path. So I'm going to stop there for a second. That's a a lot that he said. So this piece about what are we looking for in a spiritual path? Often we turn to spiritual matters because we're suffering in some way, because we can't manage the difficulty in our life. 
But seeing spirituality as a band-aid as not giving it its full due. A true spiritual path, like he said, is a river, not a stream. It touches all aspects of our lives. That's what I hope that you notice that I'm pointing to again and again in these episodes is that specifically for me, Theravada Buddhism, I'm implementing it in all these different aspects of my life. It's not just a narrow thing that I do once a day or once a week. It's something that I live with in every moment. Sometimes not well, but but it is my life. And so this idea of eclecticism this idea that we can be on our phones and feel uncomfortable and read an article by someone who is in some sort of tradition and that seems exciting. So we follow that for a couple months and then our life gets better and then we drop it and then oh, things are difficult again. And then our friend says they go over to this place. And so we start trying that out. And the problem with that is that we never get the depth, right? One of my teachers years ago explained it to me like a tree that has roots and trees have a tap root, that one root that is essential to the well-being of the tree. And so for me, my tap root is Theravada Buddhism. So while some of my other roots and branches might touch other traditions, other things, I am deeply rooted in one tradition. Bhikkhu Bodhi goes on to say, The pursuit of a spiritual path is not like selecting a new suit of clothes. To select a new suit, one need only try on a number of suits, inspect oneself in the mirror, and select the suit in which one appears most attractive. The choice of a spiritual path is closer to marriage. One wants a partner for life, one whose companionship will provide as trustworthy and as durable as the pole star in the night sky. In this era where we have access to so many different teachings, so many different teachers, so many different types of practices, rather than being overwhelmed by all of the options, we can notice what pulls us, what compels us deeply. This idea of seeing it as a marriage rather than an outfit. There are many things that we can maybe want to try on or feel good for a minute. But what, what do you keep coming back to? Maybe it's this podcast. Maybe it's Theravada Buddhism. But it could be a million other things. And I'm not saying that if you're rooted in a Hindu path that you can't be listening to this podcast. Not at all. But, but knowing where your taproot is, knowing where your deepest sort of exploration falls, allows you to have some sort of ground underneath your feet. Spirituality can get really heady, very airy, and so being rooted in a tradition allows us to have a clear path for walking toward freedom. Again, this time is so beautiful, right? Because I'm recording this podcast in Mexico City and people are listening to it all over the US and in other countries and it's it's very exciting. It's very invigorating to know that these teachings can touch so many people. Again, a hundred years ago, if you didn't live in Thailand, like you didn't know about the Thai forest tradition of Buddhism. That just wasn't available. With this access to more information, we can get flooded. So again, we use a couple of these things that Bhikkhu Bodhi pointed to. We check in with what is our true intention? What, what are we looking for? What type of liberation or freedom 
are we walking toward? And does our spiritual path align with that? And we're looking at, is this something I want to commit to like a marriage? Or is it something I just want to try on like an outfit? So these are two questions we can ask ourselves as we're surrounded by all of these different options. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.